Oh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it is good to be with you this morning in the equipping hour. Uh, this morning, we will be talking about the equipping hour, why we have it, uh, what what its aims are, why we would even encourage, uh, yeah, encourage everyone to as much as possible make it a normal habit uh, where yeah where they're able. So let me uh, let me first pray for us, and then we'll jump in and, and begin uh, our discussion. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for how you have loved us so graciously and kindly. Thank you that you are with us. We thank you, Lord, for the things that you have given uh, to us as your people uh, to help instruct us in the truth. Lord, to not leave us in darkness, but to give us light, to give us brothers and sisters who help us. And uh, Lord, we thank you for times like these when we can open uh, your word together and and consider why it is uh, that we... Um, yeah, why it is that we come to your word, why it is that we uh, would do a class like this. We pray that you would give uh, wisdom, that you would guide our conversation, uh, that you would help us have good questions, and that you would help us to be built up in faith because of our time together. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't have a microphone. Can you guys hear me okay in the back? Excellent. Um, yeah, well, like I said this morning, we're going to talk about what the equipping hour is, why we have it, what we think some of the benefits are, and, and why we would encourage, uh, yeah, encourage everyone to make it a, a regular habit to be here. Um, I realize in some sense we're talking about the equipping hour in the equipping hour, uh, and so it could feel a little like preaching to the choir, but I trust that these are going to be helpful reminders for us uh, who do come. Uh, that there will be some in here who maybe haven't come often, or maybe this is even your first time coming, uh, and then others uh, may even listen later. So I trust that it will be beneficial for us. Um, but I'd love to, to start by asking you all if there are particular things. So as you think about life as a Christian and questions that you have, things that you think, hey, man, I, I would love to hear uh, teaching about this because I... I have, yeah, I just, I don't feel like I hear it, uh, and I would love uh, to be helped to think about how I live as a Christian in this way. Are there some of those things for you? I'd love to hear some examples. Yes, Garrett. How do we steward our money better? How do we think about Okay, that's good. Yeah, so stewarding finances. What else? So we talk a lot about parenting as children, but we'd love to hear more about how to be a parent to adult children. Okay. I promise I did not plant them in the room. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, Eric. How, how do I seek guidance on what I'm supposed to do? Okay. Good. Yeah, how, how, do we, how do we find guidance for how we're supposed to live? Um, a greater understanding of, of Revelation in time. How does that affect like, our daily living? Whether or not we view post millennial or whatever, like and millennial. Like, yeah. What does that mean for our day to day lives? Yeah, good. Yeah, how, how does the, the, uh, the climax of theology, the end of history, how does it affect how we live today? I'd be super interested to see um, kind of a class on how to read the Bible. We talk about lifetimes and things of this 
Good. Yeah, what's the right way to handle God's word? What are good methods of Bible study? Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. What does discipleship look like practically uh, for those that, yeah, we're called to make disciples of? Um, Yeah, these are great examples. um, And so hold on to those. We're we're going to come back to some of them uh, here in just a little bit as we talk about the equipping hour and what it's aiming to do, because many of the things that you guys have mentioned are things that even in the last year we've spent significant time discussing in the equipping hour. And so, yeah, we'll unpack some of that here in just a little bit. Uh, but the, the main, sort of the main thrust, the main exhortation uh, for this uh, is that Christians need sound doctrine for life and godliness. All right, Christians need sound doctrine for life and godliness. Uh, so Titus 2.1, could somebody turn there and read for us? Uh, and keep in mind, this is a big room, so if you'll read loud so that everyone in the room can hear you. Titus 2, verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Yeah, as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So what is doctrine? That's a real question. What is doctrine? What we believe about God. Yeah, what we believe about God. It's, it's teaching. It's the things that we, we believe. Uh, and what does it mean to be sound when you hear the word sound? So sound doctrine, what does that mean? You have to have a source. Okay, good. Yeah, so there's certainly, uh, in order for it to be sound, you have to have a source. What does the word sound even mean? Healthy. Healthy, good. Yeah, it's healthy. It's reliable. It's reliable. It's without sickness. Uh, you, can, you can depend on it. Um, yeah, so apart even from Paul's own usage right here and in other usages in the pastoral epistles, uh, the other uses of the term in the Greek all are from Luke and John, and they're all talking about physical well-being, right? So the body is the, the healthiness of the body. So in the, same word, this, it's, or in the same way, this word is applied to doctrine to describe doctrine, teaching that is healthy, that is as it should be, okay? Uh, so it's biblical teaching, sound doctrine is biblical teaching on theological truths that is consistent with the rest of the Bible and therefore useful for life in God's world, okay? If this is God's world, if he is sovereign over it, if he's the one who has given wisdom, he's the one who's made things to be the way that they are, then we should listen to, we, we need to know how it is we are to live in his world. Okay, and this, this uh, particular uh, passage is not the only time Paul is going to give this exhortation. So two times in 1 Timothy, two times in 2 Timothy, four times in Titus, he's specifically emphasizing the need for sound doctrine. Okay, both of these brothers are uh, Timothy and Titus. They're both young pastors of God's people. Uh, and it's clear in Paul's examples to them that anyone who is to lead God's people must be able to teach sound doctrine. It's, it's, it's required. But the fact that Paul gives this exhortation 
has implications not only for the ones who are teaching it. Why would they teach it? Why are teachers called to teach sound doctrine? That's right, because the, the hearers, uh, the people of God, those who would be the people of God, they, they have to have sound doctrine. It's imperative for life and for godliness. And that's why we said, uh, that's why I said at the beginning that Christians need sound doctrine for life and godliness. It's implied in the instruction to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Okay, uh, so... Yeah, this is evidence that knowing, continuing to learn sound doctrine for us as God's people is not only, it's not only for academics, right? It's not only for preachers. It's not only for pastors. It's not only for teachers or for uh, professors. Um, it's actually essential for all of God's people to know sound doctrine. And we need to know it more and more because everything that the Bible says, what it says about God, who God is, what God's work in history is, what God's work in salvation is, what God's work in creation and recreation is, everything the Bible says about man, about who man is, about what, was, what man was made to, to do, who he was made to be, uh, about his predicament, having fallen in sin, uh, about how, he, how it is that he can be saved, uh, about God's church, all of it, all of it matters, right? Everything that God says matters for real life, right? So it's not primarily for teachers. Uh, it is for teachers, but not primarily. It's primarily for all Christians, right? So sound doctrine is of the utmost importance. First Timothy 6, 3 uh, to the, through the first part of 4. Could somebody read that? First Timothy 3, uh, I'm sorry, 6, 3 through 4a. If does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. Yeah. All right, so Timothy, I, I, think, I, I think this passage is particularly helpful for us because uh, Paul is going to couple two things together. What do you see? What does he couple together? Under the banner of sound doctrine. Okay, to teach sound doctrine is to teach godliness and the words of Jesus, Jesus, right? That which accords with the words of Jesus. Uh, Yeah, and so we point this out to say that sound doctrine is doctrine that derives from God and it produces what when it is believed? Godliness. It produces godliness. Right? The fruit that sound doctrine produces is not ungodliness. Right? It doesn't lead us to uh, live uh, ungodliness. I'm sorry. Sound doctrine doesn't teach us to live legalistically right? by coming to God by works of the law. It also doesn't teach us to, to live licentiously, right? having license to, to sin because we can't be saved by the works of the law. What does it teach us to do? It teaches us uh, to go to Jesus, right? It leads us to him. It leads us to live in light of and for him, right? Right doctrine teaches us that all things exist for him. 
right? So, uh, yeah, so it, it orients belief and practice around the reality that God is the wise and sovereign creator. As we were getting at this earlier, God is the wise and sovereign creator. He's the ruler of all things. He is the standard of justice and righteousness. So definitions for all things, uh, right orientation with all things comes from knowing who he is and how he's worked and how he's made things to be. Okay, so in order to practice what is true, we have to first hear it. We have to hear truth and we have to believe truth because truly loving God depends on having good theology, right? Let me say that again. Truly loving God depends on having right theology. We have to know God according to who he is. Now, that said, there's, there are different ways in the life of our church. There are different ways that we, um, yeah, different formats, different venues, uh, where we teach what accords with sound doctrine, right? As soon as we finish the equipping hour, what are we going to go do? We're going to go upstairs. We're going to gather together. We are going to pray together. We're going to sing together. We're going to hear uh, Garrett this morning open up a passage of scripture with us. And uh, yeah, his, yeah, our prayer is that he will do that faithfully in a way that helps us rightly understand that passage in light of the whole counsel of God's word. Okay. So, uh, yeah, in no way are we saying that this time, the equipping hour, uh, the way that we've organized it and arranged it in our church, in no way are we saying that, um, yeah, that it's the only way to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Uh, But that said, it generally is a significant attempt uh, to lay good foundations of sound doctrine that has godliness as its end. Okay, so we're trying to, to beef up our doctrine. We're trying to sharpen our, our lenses um, that allow us to understand every passage of the word that we read rightly and allow us uh, to see the world uh, yeah, rightly and how we ought to live <coughs> godly lives in it. Um, and it's important, it's important to have good theology because when Garrett, for, for instance, when Garrett teaches today, when he preaches from the word, uh, what instructs him to teach what he teaches? Well, doing good Bible study methods, right? That includes both what he's doing in that exact passage, but it also includes knowing how the rest of the Bible uh, informs that passage, right? Scripture interprets scripture. Uh, and that's an, important, it's an important doctrinal statement because it helps us understand that in order to rightly understand Scripture, we have to understand all the ways that the Bible holds together and how every passage contributes to the understanding of the other passage, right? It works together uh, to help us see, um, yeah, to see God clearly, right? So this is, yeah, it's a different format. Uh, but we think that it's, um, yeah, helping us exercise some, some yeah, some different uh, mental and spiritual muscles, right? That said, uh, yeah, we're going to take the next few minutes and, and talk about just practically ways that, um, yeah, we think the equipping hour is uh, generally uniquely helpful for, um, yeah, for you guys, for our church as a whole, as we seek to obey Jesus in the call to make disciples. Um, so, so far, does anybody have any questions or comments? 
Russell. One, one comment, or one thing you, you just said that I think is really important, that's been helpful for me is, the more that you understand scripture as a whole, how it interprets, it, it really does prevent you from going down rabbit holes of error, that's where you, you kind of latch on to some passage that you read in isolation, and then it takes you down a whole rabbit hole. And when, you, when you've actually heard the whole counsel of God that speaks on it, you can say, actually, it can't mean that because we know that, that all of this letter says this. That's right. Um, it's, really, it's really helpful. So I think those are really helpful points. That's good. Did you guys hear Russell? Were you guys able to hear that? Great. Um, yeah, so let's, let's jump in. Let's talk about the first thing. Um, I don't have fancy headings, and uh, I'm certain that you could break these out further. Uh, but the first one is a category of just dialoguing. Even this morning, even what we've done so far, I'm able to ask you questions. You've been able to hear comments from one another. I think that's a really helpful, uh, it's a really helpful aspect of what we're doing in here, right? It's intended to be more interactive. It's intended to be not monologuing. Now, any given week, are you going to have a little bit more of that or a little bit less of that? Sure. But the aim is, in general, for this to be interactive, for you guys to be able to ask questions, for you guys to be able to give comments, uh, for us to have certainly some clear biblical instruction, but we're, we're able to interact with each other in ways that are helpful for us uh, and hear from one another in ways that are helpful uh, yeah, for us. So it's intended to have more back and forth, more questions and answers, more reflections uh, yeah, on how whatever particular doctrine we're talking about on a given day, how it applies to life and how we ought to engage in it. So I, uh, I personally found it really helpful for all of those reasons to be in class at, at, at many times. Um, but last week I was sitting in class, there was a, a dear sister in the class uh, when the teacher asked, what are some of the difficult things uh, that we face in seeking to prioritize being in the word? Uh, yeah, the sister chimed, chimed in. Uh, she was being vulnerable. She was sharing about uh, one of the ways that she in particular finds it difficult uh, or, or to be a battle at times to, to be in the word regularly. Uh, and you know what? It was something that many in the room could relate to. Um, and for that reason, it's both encouraging. Uh, yeah, for one reason to know, hey, for that sister, hey, I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only one who struggles in this way. I'm not the only one who finds this to be a challenge. Also, for her to experience being part of a loving family, right? Brothers and sisters who are nodding their heads in agreement and, and saying, yeah, I, I find this, I also uh, can relate to this. I find this to be a challenge too. Um, for her to remember in that moment that she's loved by God, who gives grace, who gives help, uh, in our times of need, and, and also not just so that we uh, encourage one another in our, in our struggles, in, like toward continuing in those struggles, uh, but that actually, hey, we, we together, we actually want to grow in this thing. We, we want to, as we know that we struggle, we can actually encourage one another with the truth and say, hey, how's that going? Let me let me give you this passage just to be a help or, hey, I just want to check in. and I want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. I can't tell you how many times in my own my own life as a Christian, people doing that have have helped me, have helped me keep going. Uh, and I trust that even as we do that in the room together in times like these, 
that's happening in ways that we probably don't always even know or understand or, or see visibly. Uh, but we trust that it's happening. Uh, I can say that because I know it's happened for me. Um, and I see some of you nodding your heads now, and I know that that's been true for you too. Um, you can relate to that. So, all to say, uh, that's one example from one class on one particular week. Uh, but our aim for equipping hours for that sort of thing to be uh, a regular aspect of equipping hour. We're, we're ha- we have this venue in part for that reason, okay? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's helpful as we have opportunities to ask questions of the teachers, of one another, of the material that we're looking at. It's helpful for, for all of those things uh, in helping us exercise some different sorts of, um, like I said, spiritual muscles in applying God's word to our lives. Um, yeah, we're, we're aiming to think about together and discuss together uh, how scripture is applied to life. All right. Secondly, uh, our, yeah, the, the equipping hour uniquely is, is topical. Uh, that's not always true, but it is generally true. Um, and what I mean is not that we grab, uh, grab a verse out of context and make it our topic. What I mean is that we, um, yeah, it's topically selected. So we're beginning rather than expositionally typically going through a book of the Bible like we will on typically on uh, in our main gathering in this class we tend to begin with some questions or begin with some subjects some topics and then in a way we sort of back into those by saying okay we have our topic now let's go to the Bible and let's see all the things the Bible has to say about that topic Um, and we think this is helpful but to Russell's point earlier it can also be, uh, what, what's the danger of topical, uh, of topical sort of teaching? Well, the danger is that we, we can sort of have our hobby horses or we can sort of skip over some of the verses that don't say what we might want them to say. And we can end up with a skewed version or a skewed uh, and wrong version of what God's word actually says. Unsound doctrine. Thank you. Yeah, we, we can have... Doctrine that's not healthy, that's not rooted in uh, God's person uh, and his work and his intention. Good. Uh, that said, it doesn't have to be the case, right? Just because we do topical doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're covering something wrongly. It just means that we have to be really careful to make sure we're listening to the whole counsel of God and that we're letting it all come to bear on the topic that we're looking at, all right? Um, we can't be lazy in our approach to the word. We need good, as, as somebody mentioned a minute ago, we need good Bible study methods. Um, yeah, we have to understand how this passage fits within the broader context and the broader context of the word. Um, and it's really important that we come to the Bible humbly. And when I say humbly, what I mean is we don't come to it with agendas. We come to it knowing that we are subject to God. Uh, that he is ruler, uh, and then we actually have to listen to his word. Um, yeah, and, and, and I will say, on the, on the topic of topics, over the years, I, the reason I started with the question, the, the sort of uh, the ability for you guys to chime in on some of the things you uh, would be helped by hearing or have been helped by hearing, 
is because over the years, on numerous occasions, I've, I've heard uh, brothers and sisters say, man, I really wish our church would teach on X. Uh, and Jason even mentioned this last week in his sermon. Oh, I wish, I wish in that moment, my response is, I wish you could have been here last week, or I wish you could have been here this past semester, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's not in any way to guilt anyone uh, as much as to say, wow, what if, what if going forward we realize that this, this time block, this hour, we're trying to cover lots of topics that are relevant to life uh, in, in ways that actually beef up our, our knowledge of sound doctrine and that help us interact with all of these different topics. Okay? So I wanna, let's talk through a few examples of those. Um, yeah, one, is, one of those questions at times is, I don't understand the Trinity. What is the doctrine of the Trinity? What does it mean that God is one? Uh, as Deuteronomy uh, says, what, what does it mean that he is one in essence, and yet he's also three distinct persons? How in the world do we do that? Um, and why does it matter? Why does it matter that God is Father, Son, and Spirit? Uh, these are the kinds of things that we're, it's, it's an example of foundations, right? Some of the stuff we're talking about there. How is, another one, how is Jesus 100% God and 100% man? What do I do with the nature of Jesus and why does it matter? Why can't God just be 100% God? Well, because as a man, uh, he can die for our sins. As a man, he can be raised and by union with him, we can be raised with him. But he has to be a man in order for that to happen. But if he's a man like us, what's the problem with that? Well, he's tainted with sin like us, right? He's weak in ways that we are. He needs to be God and man. And that's an important doctrine. If I know that a prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God, uh, and I know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophetic office, what should I do with what Jesus says? I should listen to every word he says. Right? So that's why we have a class on Jesus, the prophet. What does it mean that he's the prophet? Um, yeah, what does it mean for man to be created in God's image? Male and female. Has God really given unique roles to men and women? If he has, what does it look like in the home? What does it look like in the church? Is there something baked into those roles as God has made them that actually says something about God? Yes. Yes, there is. And so, it's an important doctrine for us to study and to know. If man was created good, what happened at the fall of man? Right? What are the effects of sin? If man really is sinful, how can he be in the right before God, as Job asks? Well, what doctrine does this bring us to? Justification. Right? Rightly understood, justification is the doctrine that teaches that we're saved by God's grace through faith alone uh, in Christ alone. Right? It affects how I approach my sin. It affects how I see God's love for me. It affects how I view my good works, whether I do them with a nagging sense of trying to earn God's favor or whether I do them out of love uh, and out of um, 
yeah, joy and thanksgiving for God. Uh, it affects how I pray. It affects the posture that I have when I approach God. It affects whether or not I think evangelism, evangelism is important, whether or not people need to hear the gospel. Why do we have church membership? Why do we take the Lord's Supper? Why do we have baptisms? Why do we practice church discipline? And on church discipline, how is church discipline actually loving for the name of Christ and for God's people and for the one in sin who's being disciplined and for uh, those outside the church who need a clear gospel? All of these things hold together to form us as a community and to make the gospel clear. They matter, right? What I've just listed is about 10% of foundations, right? There's tons of topics here and they're all relevant for life and they're all really good to know. Um, But foundations also isn't the only class. Just in the last year, last summer, we did a class on apologetics. Right? How is it that we have God's word? Can we trust it? If God really exists, why is there evil in the world? Why is there violence in the Bible? What about abuses in the church? How are we supposed to think about those? Uh, all of these things are part of the apologetics class, and they're not meant to be ends in themselves, but they're actually help, aimed at helping us actually know and trust uh, that God's word is... Um, yeah, is trustworthy. Discipleship class. Somebody mentioned, I think Shannon mentioned a discipleship class last summer. We spent 12 weeks talking about what is discipleship in the Bible. Who should make disciples? Who should be discipled? Um, yeah, how do we go about making disciples? All of those things are part of the discipleship class. We had an evangelism class that ended uh, this past fall in December. Um, It was intended to help us think more, to think better about evangelism, to to even fight against, um, yeah, struggling motivations in evangelism. Um, We had a parenting class that was 10 weeks uh, in the fall. There was a, um, um, what was the other, the finances class that somebody mentioned. It was six weeks, uh, I think, prior to that. A Proverbs class that we're just wrapping up, an Old Testament biographies class that we're just wrapping up. All to say, guys, there's tons of there's tons of topics that we have covered, even in just the last year. Again, this is if you haven't been to any of that, that is okay. This is not intended to say, man, look what you've missed. As much as to say, what if going forward, what if you had a regular diet of those kind of things for the next year? What if you had a regular diet of those kind of things for the next two years? Imagine in two years how your sort of grid, your lenses that you're viewing God's word and theology and the meaning of life. Imagine how much it would be beefed up, how much it would be helped. Um, man, what a, yeah, as I reflect on all that, I'm like, wow, yeah, we, we need more more equipping hour even than than I think I thought um, before reflecting on it. So, yeah, just I, um, I just want to encourage us uh, to yeah see how important having regular times of doctrinal intake um, is for us. Any comments or questions on that, Josh Hart? So that's, that's a wonderful interview. It's it's great for us to hear that. But for anybody who's in the room who may 
Mm -hmm. or maybe you do, um, and you might be thinking, oh, well, I just missed out on all of that. Like, is that ever going to come back around? You know, are we going to do the finance class again? Are we going to do the slide concern again? That's good. But what can we do? How can we, is there a way to still maybe catch up on something? That's good, yeah. Uh, so, will it come back around? Potentially, potentially we'll do it again in the days ahead. But keep in mind that we're adding different things or other subjects that we haven't covered that we want to cover. So even as we hear some of the, uh, hey, I wish we'd talk about this, those are helpful for us uh, to hear. Um, hey, are there things that members of the church would be helped by that we could uh, maybe spend some time in equipping hours sort of dealing with? Uh, so yeah, so we, we may do more of, of the things that we have done in the past. We intend to do new things that we haven't done uh, maybe recently in the past. Um, that said, there are also, uh, we, we record these classes. And so if you're hoping, oh man, that, that parenting class would have been awesome, so helpful for me. I feel like I'm really struggling in parenting right now. We do have, um, we have online recordings. Uh, so there's a page on the website. If you go to the resource, so it's drbc.org. If you go under the resources tab and then under the equipping hour tab, at the, the main page is what we're doing t like this semester, but down at the bottom are some archives where we have recordings posted of um, certainly, uh, certainly the classes that we've done in the last year. Um, we may need to clean a little bit up, but for the most part it's clean and it's there. So you can find, um, yeah, you can find stuff there. That's a good question. Any other questions or comments? Just maybe encouragement for those who are like me, sometimes I feel frustrated sometimes because I'll hear this long bendy or we'll hear books that Gary alludes so they have to like, man, I want to know it all, I want to know it all now. And then I get kind of overwhelmed and feel helpless because I can't know it all now. And I gotta, I would just say, start somewhere. Pick one and do it. And as you said, over the next two years, which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things, yeah. you'll suddenly discover that, that you've grown. That's how the Lord works, it's just bit by bit. You know, we'll look at pictures of our house 10 years ago, look, look how much bigger that tree is now than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and so don't be frustrated, don't feel overwhelmed. Pick a thing and start studying and the Lord will do it for you. Man, that's really good, yeah. I think sometimes our, those kind of feelings can actually overwhelm us to the point of being crippling, to where we do nothing. Um, I think that's so true. Yeah, so just a regular, slow-paced diet is really helpful. Eric. I, I think one thing that um, I know some Christians is that we kind of get into this tendency of, like, we just look on them, or I know it's a good offer, so you care about the book, and Dave says, maybe I can just go read that, and I can maybe do the same thing without having to come to the very same I think that sort of uh, uh, misses a big point of the reason that we're a congregation, we're a family, we're a covenant of believers together. It's good. Because we're equipping and stepping out and actually living out this stuff together. And so there's actually a really good value for us personally and for us collectively to do this together uh, about things about these things. So you can read a great book, which is great, and you should be encouraged always encouraged to do that as well. But this dialogue, this discussion, this thing, you do these things together is part of what we can do. I think what Christ means about living out as a church together. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so... That's a wonderful transition, because um, I'm going to touch on some of that now. Let's go to the, our, our third section. Uh, third thing uh, yeah, that we think is beneficial is just the equipping nature of it. All right, so um, 
Yeah, it's going to have some overlap with categories that we talked about before. Uh, but just want to point out the responsibility of equipping the saints for the work of ministry is given to the church, right? It's given to the church. It's not given to the seminary. It's not given to parachurch ministries. I think sometimes when we say those kind of things, we can sort of demonize them. Um, so I'm not trying to do that. Seminaries can be really beneficial. Parachurch ministries can be really beneficial. It's okay and good for us to partner with them. That said, um, yeah, real, concrete, local churches of brothers and sisters who are committed to each other, who are accountable to each other. Um, yeah, for them to teach, uh, yeah, for them to, to be accountable in the things that are being taught and in the ways that, that they're living together. I mean, this is massively important. And ultimately, it's the church um, who has that kind of relationship with one another who is responsible for, um, yeah, theological education, right? So there's no substitute for pastors of a church teaching, equipping others to teach, being responsible for what is being taught uh, and, and for what is being practiced in the life of the church. So Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Somebody read that for us. Josh Hart. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Good. Um, yeah, so as, as we read that, what do we see as being the aim of the work of ministry, right? What does the work of ministry aim to do uh, and how long should it be done? What's the aim? Building up the body of Christ. Building up the body of Christ. Yeah. Into... How long? Say again. Oh, into yeah, the image of into the image of Christ. Building up the body of Christ into the image of Christ. We're supposed to build up one another until full maturity is reached. Which is, well, that means we're going to keep going. We're going to keep building each other up. Right? We're supposed to keep building each other up until full spiritual maturity is reached. Uh... The aim is knowing the Son of God fully. The aim is being like Him. The aim is no longer being immature and tossed to and fro by the many false, unsound doctrines and practices that exist in our fallen world. Yeah, the aim is growing up in every way into Christ who is our head. So we're going we're gonna to keep going until that is, is complete. And what is God given? For that aim. He's given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. And what is the responsibility of the saints? All of them. 
all of us. Yeah, it's the work of ministry that we talked about. It is the building up of the body of Christ. So who does that belong to? Does it belong to pastors? It belongs to all the saints. It belongs to all of us. We are all responsible for helping one another mature in godliness. Dave. So on that note, I really think there's, there's two ways that equipping hour can be equipping. Uh, one is going to participate, uh, but especially if you're, a, if you're a man, if you've been a member of this church for a while, and you're really looking to grow in your own understanding and your ability to teach, there's a lot of sessions here. So there are opportunities there to talk with the elders about, wow, I would really be interested in you know, leading a session. That's where I can get to the topic, get to the dialogue. If you haven't noticed in the equipment, the, there's a lot of different people leading those. And so that, you know, that provides a lot of different styles, a lot of different personalities, each one improving their own understanding and their own ability to, to do the ministry of teaching. And you'll learn a lot by actually doing that. So just, just another way in which equipping our and equip not only the participants, uh, but those who are leading. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. I was going to point all of that out, and you did it for me. Uh, yeah, so there, there are many brothers up here teaching, and uh, you guys who have taught at different times, uh, how has that been helpful for you? Yeah. Personally, it's been encouraging. It, 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 you know, it's motivating for one level to, to get very specifically into some things. Sure. Because uh, now you're accountable for it. Uh, but then it also gives you confidence in, you know, in your exploration and you know, the dialogue that happens. You'll learn more. Uh, and it's, it's just encouraging. Good. Yeah. Brophy. This is not very holy, but I actually think it's really fun. Uh, one of the advantages of the equipping hour has just had some more conversation. You get to go back and forth. There's been so many times where I'll ask a question and people in the audience can tell me something that I didn't see in the text, wasn't apparent to me, and I'm like, this is very mutually edifying. Uh, and so that is, yeah, is, is the sense of which we're doing this together. Even if it doesn't feel like it to the those of us that are attending. So I, I find that to be, yeah, like giving fun, enjoyable, mutually beneficial. So that's, that's one of the big advantages doing a cooking hour in that kind of format as opposed to, you know, more sermon-based stuff. Yeah. Praise God. I'm glad it's fun. Part. <laughs> I would say, too, just um, preparing for a lesson has often led me to a place where I realized what I thought I knew, I didn't. And, um, and it's, it's almost been a, a bit like a compass correction, you know, so it, it's, it provides the occasion to, to get into more very specific study on a particular subject. Um, and I, I've always been just edified in, in the, the process and, and what I've been able to learn, um, not only for myself, but so that I can teach others, but it also helps me to understand that topic uh, a lot better and more clarify my understanding um, and to ensure that my doctrine is more sound than I thought it was. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for as many others who could comment, uh, but we, yeah, just. I think having occasion to teach helps, um, yeah, helps implicitly learn things that just come from doing. But then explicitly, uh, you're also getting feedback from others who are 
able to point out ways, uh, encourage you in, in things that went well, but also point out ways to uh, continue working to grow. And I think, I think the process is helpful for equipping uh, yeah, people to handle the word, uh, to, to teach the word. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and that said, we were talking about brothers being up here teaching, uh, but this, it's beneficial because we're a class and we're doing this together, right? So uh, you guys um, who are not up here teaching, you are, I mean, you're helpful to me uh, in talking about these things because you're interacting with it. Uh, and if you weren't here, I wouldn't be prepping and growing myself to teach. And so I just think there's so many ways uh, that as we just come and be together, that we're actually edifying one another and we're helping one another. Uh, and to be here is to be part of, of the process. And I think it's just, yeah, it's really sweet to see uh, how having many, many brothers here uh, in this chair um, or in other, as we do other classes as well, um, yeah, it's sweet to see what it does in the life of, of our church. Um, yeah. So one thing I just point out, I think that this may be an over, overall kind of statement, but Equipping Hour helps us build better doctrine so that we actually might live out our covenant together. So how do you like exhibit watchfulness over one another? How do you admonish someone speaking truth and love in that, even in that verse right there? Like those types of things yep. we actually talk through and ask questions about and interact with so that when we leave and we see that brother or sister struggling or they need encouragement, how do you actually approach them? So I think the, to me, the, one of the big benefits of, of equipping hour is the applicational aspect uh, where I'm, I'm able to actually Absolutely. talk about applications and then live those out amongst one yeah. another. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, the aim of, of, the aim is always application, right? So all the doctrine that we're trying to teach, the topics that we're trying to inform, it's for the sake of godly living, right? It's agreeing with the, the sound words of Jesus Christ, and it's also agreeing with what is godly, right? It's godly living um, that, that is the aim. So that said, on any, uh, just in, in, uh, in closing this portion, uh, on any, any given day, uh, it might be an elder teaching. It might be that we're doing an expositional, a passage expositionally of a text. Uh, it might be that we're, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, a, uh, a talk might be a little more monologue than normal. That doesn't negate uh, sort of the general thrust of what we're doing here. And just so I say all this to say just to disarm the, oh, we're doing this t today. That's not what equipping hour is supposed to do. Like that's, uh, no, we're, we're doing all of these things as a regular diet together in here uh, for the sake of our, our building up, okay? Um, Danny. Uh, if it has been said before, um, uh, one thing I was sitting here thinking is all of the sound, uh, good sound doctrines is that it doesn't hurt to hear it over and over and over again. That's right. If, uh, I've been a Christian for, I'm just sitting here counting, something like a, a 50, uh, five years, something like that. And I've heard all these stories over and over, and, and it seems like sometimes uh, you come up with something new. I mean, you, you understand something that's so anyway. Is, uh, 
Danny, you're, you're uh, coming up with something new. Is that because the doctrine has changed? It's not because it changed. It's because your mind has been um, open. Yeah, you have changed. Yeah, and I think as we go throughout life, we are always changing. We're always in a different place. We're always impacted by the things uh, that God has revealed to us in different ways as, as we have need. Uh, so I, I think it's a really, that's a really important point, brother. Thank you. Thank you for that. Any, uh, any final comments or questions from today on anything we've talked about? Okay. Uh, Dave Sutton, will you pray for us, brother? Thanks, everyone.